Kate, I've got a confession to make. I went to Lisbon and I made a podcast with another podcaster. What? But you know, what happens in Lisbon stays in Lisbon, right? Uh, we'll see about that. Let's roll the tape. So, here we are. Here I am uh, with Kate. Hi, Kate. I'm sorry, it's Lucia. Yes. So it's not Kate. This is not a this is not a, a normal Urban Arenas podcast. Rather, I'm here with my friend and colleague Lucia, and uh, not in Budapest, but rather in Lisbon. And uh, actually, where are we? Forno di Tiolo Market. Sorry for the mispronunciation. I'm surely saying it very badly. <laughs> anyway, and the reason why we're here, in this quite interesting neighborhood, we're walking like in a market around the back of a, a little at the moment, and we have some, uh, yeah, some, uh, some of Lisbon's um, high-rise flats in the background, bit of graffiti, uh, probably not the uh, yeah, poshest part of town, and I like that, that's my part of town. And uh, we're here because uh, we're going to go and visit a fab lab. Exactly. We are meeting our friend Rafael Caledo. Is that a correct name? It is, a, it is, it is his correct name and he's, tri- he's our friend. And he's a really interesting person because he's one of the people behind Fab Lab Lisbon. And um, the reason why we want to visit somewhere called a Fab Lab within the context of a podcast called Urban Arenas, a podcast about sustainable and just cities, is because Fab Labs, they're not just fabulous, as, as the name implies, but uh, they are places that do digital fabrication that is the sort of rapid prototyping the building of singular or sometimes multiple copies of well anything that can be made with computer operated um, printing or cutting uh, machines so you know the most famous is uh, is 3d printers they, they they're in the in the news a lot but not only 3d printers and they're interesting like digital fabrication is interesting because of the potential it can offer for people just to produce what they want and, and that's what we're going to go talk about rafael with you already know so much about this. <laughs> I'm going to learn everything today. Yeah, because I did research. I didn't like just turn up like you. I was just like, uh, Lucia, I'm going to meet Raphael tomorrow. And you're like, oh, I'll come along, you know. I'm sorry, but we are in Lisbon. I didn't want to spend my time reading. I wanted to see the, the ocean. <laughs> the ocean. Yeah, it's not, it's not warm enough for swimming. Uh, but uh, it is, uh, it is uh, getting warm as we're, as, we're, as we're walking up this hill. And I see ahead of us, now I see, uh, yeah, Fab Lab Lisbon. So what do you say? Let's go inside and let's ask Rafael all about digital fabrication and the Fab Lab movement. Okay, so I'm really excited because um, I'm here with Rafael in uh, Fab Lab Lisbon. And I'm also joined here with Lucia. Hi. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Raphael, for agreeing to come on the Urban Arenas podcast. Oh, thank you very much. All right. So thank you so much for having us here today. I have no idea what a Fab Lab is. Can you start from zero and explain us what it is all about? Okay. Well, a Fab Lab is a digital f- uh, fabrication laboratory. Um, and it started like 15 years ago. And the idea is to democratize the access to digital tools. The Fab Lab chart is what um, differentiates a digital uh, fabrication laboratory from a, an actual Fab Lab. Um, so the Fab Lab follows some principles um, that are related with the access, uh, democratized access to the tools, and the sharing of knowledge, um, and actually also taking care of the place. So uh, 
any each one who comes also have to know how to take care of the tools and uh, share what they do here uh, so we are aiming to expand all this system to everybody so that it can be mm, useful for anyone that can't uh, reach this kind of machines okay so i think the best way for us to um, really find out like what a fab lab is and what a fab lab does is for you to give us a little tour so could you show us around fab yes. lab lisbon yes i can So uh, here we are in an ancient slaughterhouse. Uh, it was converted like seven years ago and it was uh, set with some tools and uh, stuff that can help anyone to come uh, and to do whatever they want. So the tools that we have uh, and the prototype, digital prototyping machines we have are 3D uh, printers. We also have vinyl cutters. We also have uh, a laser cutter. We have CNC routers a big one and a small milling machine. Uh, we have vacuum forming machines. Uh, we have hot wire cutting machines. We have uh, heat press machines and, and swing machines and, well, um, scanners, 3D scanners. And that's almost everything we have. Then we have also a wood shop uh, that we have normal saws, uh, all that stuff. And all these uh, tools are accessible in open days. So Twice per week we have full access from almost all day and the staff is here to help anyone with their project. So here we are like in this fab lab and you say you have these open days. So if someone like myself or Lucia says, okay, you know what, I, I, I want to do something. I want to, I want to, you know, maybe I want to make something for my house, but I'm not quite sure, but I'm, I'm interested in the technology. I'm interested in the idea of what, well, you know, making something. So what would happen? We would walk in the door, we would see yourself and these other friendly people we can, we can see now around us, and then what, what happens? Well, uh, first you, uh, someone will get notice that you come and <laughs> will ask you hello, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what we are here for, and uh, you will tell what is your project. So for example, if you want to make a share, uh, let, let, let's say, and we have just a drawing, uh, maybe you should uh, do it in, um, we need a digital file to do it unless you want to go to the wood, uh, wood shop and do it by, your, by hand. Uh -huh. But if you want to do and use our machines, we have to translate that drawing to um, a digital file. So if you don't know how, we can sit here. We just tell you how to start, and then you can see some, some videos, how to use it, and you can stay here just for learning, uh -huh. and then to do it. If you already do, know how to work with it, and uh, we just say, okay, I am just, mm, we can have your file, let's check if it's okay. We check if your file is okay, and then we teach you how to use the machine. So, for example, if you come for the laser cutter, uh, we just check if your drawing is okay, and then in 10 minutes we teach you how to use the laser cutter, then you're by yourself. And you don't bother if you don't get it well, so there is no problem wrongdoing here. Uh, of course, we teach you uh, the safety uh, of the machines, how, how to work with it properly, and things like that and just not to arm yourself or the machine or whatever. Uh, but if you don't do it at the first time, you can do it in the second time, on the third, on the fourth, no problem for us. Can you give us an example of someone who came with some cool project to develop and how he used one of these machines and okay. something they created? Let me show me one of them. Hey, 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 wait for me, wait for me. This is a loom. This is a nice project that uh, we are proud of. <laughs> we have a um, woman weaver 
she is a teacher uh, for weaving and the problem she, she had was that uh, the looms were too expensive uh, were around 100 euros per student so a class of 30 will be 3000 uh, 3000 uh, euros uh, in looms so it's too expensive uh, here in portugal so we accept the challenge and one of our designers uh, started to work on that loom with her and the loom now is version v, v, v2 but it has i think five iterations uh, five modifications of the loom so in the end we got a loom that just cost two euros so uh, 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 it's two euros in material and the time you have to cut the loom so if you come in open day so the loom is free so we're going to put that uh, this this uh, object in open source. We are preparing um, uh, not a, a site but a page uh, with this project. So anyone can, in their city, going to a Fab Lab, going to Fab Lab Lisbon, just download the file, put the file in the 3D uh, laser in the laser cutter, and mount the loom. So this is a nice project. I, I think it is. So it's beautiful. So let me then be, uh, let me put on my uh, um, skeptic's hat, you know, and say, okay, so here we are, somebody's made uh, this, uh, this loom and it's wonderful. And uh, this is in some way, this open source uh, ethos shares many of the principles that the open source software movement also had. And it was really exciting. I was really excited by it when, it, when I first, you know, encountered it and I had, you know, a Linux operating system, my computer. And then about two or three years ago, I just like went back to Windows like a terrible person. And so much of the, the labor uh, that people put in to producing open source software ended up getting sort of, you know, taken over by um, the, or just basically creating profit for in the end, large companies. And so, you know, this is obviously a wonderful project where a teacher has made a loom for her students and this can you know possibly you know benefit other teachers but also it could possibly benefit you know a company that wants to make a bunch of money and you know what they can say you know what i can produce a loom not for two euros i can produce it for one euro fifty because i'm going to make a thousand of them and um so i'm so i could say that maybe what everyone's doing seems wonderful but actually they're just feeding their labor into the big machine of of, of capital you know like we all do yeah well, uh, actually, uh, that's true, but <laughs> I think that's not the problem uh, at all, because the meaning of this loom was just to um, fill that, that need that the, the teacher had. So uh, this can be reproduced, no problem at all for us. And the, the, the nice thing here is that the teacher gave here at the Fab Lab uh, for two and a half years, I don't maybe eight workshops. and. Uh, people paid for the workshop, so she earned money also with that project. Mm -hmm. I don't think th that's a problem. It's the same uh, that happened also with uh, um, uh, the OpenDesk. You you know the, the platform OpenDesk. Okay, uh, we had uh, here last last year uh, um, a workshop uh, of a um, Brazilian guy that made it share. It's on open source and it's a, in the platform that's called OpenDesk. So anyone can go there and download. Uh, a file, or for example, share or desk, and they can uh, with a CNC router like the one you saw uh, build a chair. So just have to buy the plywood and then cut it and mount. So they don't earn money with that. Okay, but if someone likes the chair but doesn't have the skills, don't want to make the effort to do that, she goes there and try to find in in the the platform search the nearest place where I can get it, nor where I can do it, where I can get it. 
So there must be the nearest fab lab or the nearest digital fabrication place that has a connection with OpenDesk, they'll say, we do it for some amount. Mm -hmm. So, and that, that money goes for the place and goes for the designer. And the designer also comes here and he gives workshops. So the workshop also gives him some earning. And what is this hand here hanging on the wall? Okay, this is an open source project. It's called Enable Your Future. And actually this is a prototype of hand we built for a young boy. Uh, we had a project with a student hospital here in Lisbon. And the idea was to test uh, our machines in for good. So we invited them to find uh, children that could come here uh, with a problem, like doesn't have a hand or a limb or something like that. So with the doctors, they found one boy that were okay. It was okay to come here because this is kind of scary for someone, for some. Uh, and the idea was to show him this hand you see here on the, the right and tell him you couldn't have something like this, but you can uh, customize it. So we scanned his hand, we've made this one uh, with this project, so he got his hand for uh, 30 euros in plastic. So actually it, it, it works, so he can grab, the idea is to grab a bicycle. So he doesn't have fingers in one hand, he just has the palm of the hand. But when he does this movement, he can grab, you see. Uh, so uh, the idea uh, that uh, this young boy could ride, for example, a bicycle without his hands. The, the, the good thing here is if you want to do it again, you can do it again. If it breaks, you can print it again. If it grows, you can do it again. What material are these hands this made of? This is PLA. It's a um, plastic material usually made from corn. From corn? Corn. Wow. Yeah, just uh, for the benefit of those who can't see, so it's like we basically have this um, green... Uh, orange and black uh, hand, basically, yeah, which which somehow slides over the top of of a, of a, of a hand, and then so the fingers are basically the part that uh, that move. It looks uh, yeah, it looks amazing actually. Yeah. And it was the, the colors were chosen by uh, the the boy, uh, so we we have some colors, and it's nice. Some of them even uh, can be customized, for example, with uh, Lego parts, so you can build something over it, and then you can put lasers and things like that, and then. Children go to school and then they are not uh, ashamed from the, his hand. They are like super heroes. So the other children say, wow, what a nice hand. Yeah. That, that, it, that empowers him, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's completely different from having his small hand or, or those hands in plastic that doesn't move and are much more expensive than this. So the, the idea is for a small amount of money, you can do this. And for this, of course, we gave the plastic. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't uh, demand anything for it. But uh, it's really cool. And it was a nice project because it involved um, university students uh, for molding the hand and to scan the hand. So we, got, we, we always like to involve a lot of people in the same, stuff, in the same process. So you touched upon um, help and support that your staff gives and the fact that you're open to everyone. And I was wondering, how do you make sure that this place is actually inclusive and is open to everyone and everyone has the possibility to access it? Well, actually, we have open door. So it's, there are sometimes some difficulties, of course, the, usually with communication. Some, there are some people just come here, want to do something, but they don't have the skills 
and uh, um, they know the place. They think they can get here and get anything done. That's true, but it takes some time and some effort for them. Uh, so the problem is actually uh, um, that people get uh, uh, what, what will be their uh, uh, effort to get it done. Okay, we have the machines to do it, but also they have to have the idea. They have to. Sometimes we help. Uh, 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 we always help, but sometimes it's it's not enough. Uh, okay, of course it's it's not perfect. But when you say if you are inclusive, anyone can come here. In the first year, we had even a, a um, homeless guy that uh, slept nearby, and he came here and he started to use a, a word processor. He just sit here, he grabbed the newspaper from the supermarket and started to type it just to learn how to do it. So no, no problem at all. Uh, you, you see these girls come and here and then they are some up refugees and people, they are doing a workshop there. So anyone can come. So that, that's not a problem for us. So yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe just because we, we don't know Lisbon, we just, but we just walked up the hill and like through this market and maybe say a little bit maybe about the neighborhood where, we, okay. where we're situated. Yeah. We are in Moreria, one of the most, um, I don't, I, I can say the most diverse uh, uh, neighborhoods in Lisbon, it's not, if not the most. And we have so many people from everywhere that if you just walk around it, if you go to the next room, we'll see people from the neighborhood. Would you like to come? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Before we enter, it's a project related uh, with um, FabLab, uh, BIPSIP, it is a program from the City Council. Uh, Agacan is an um, organization that uh, works with Esmailites. And we also have, yes, uh, um, another uh, church organization related that is the one who gather the um, people that come here. Usually people from fragile situations, women, refugees, um, people from the neighborhood that don't mix, that don't have work. So they come here to get some skills. And the idea is to that after they learn, they start to mix with us. So now they are learning how to use the sewing machine and things like that. For example, the last workshop, we had a Syrian tailor here also teaching them. Uh, and they, they started to learn Portuguese at the same time. So it, it's, um, it's a nice thing, let's see. So now you are going to quit the So. <laughs> We have the project, so uh, actually today we don't, we just have women here, but we already have some men, usually it's more women, but uh, they are learning how to make uh, small productions, so you, the sewing machines are from the project, some are from the fab lab, and so the idea is that they, after they get those skills, they will make small productions. So we have some partners in the neighborhood. For example, if you go, there is a big uh, brewery that for, for Christmas uh, demanded some um, aprons uh, and they built a lot of aprons for them. So uh, the idea is to start a business around these kind of skills. And then if you can use the digital tooling, tool machines mixing with this, it will be a plus. You can continue the So where are we now? Now we are in the wood shop. Uh, today it's um, empty, but uh, usually there is someone here doing not no no, no digital uh, fabrication, but it's it's a 
also a need, so you also feel that need. Mm -hmm. Cool. Should we go sit in your office then? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty all right, so now, now we're sitting in, sitting in your office. And uh, so my last question was maybe a bit too uh, skeptical. So this one, I want to be more uh, optimistic and utopian even. So when I see something like uh, a fab lab and I see, okay, this is people coming in, building and creating things for their own needs or for their community's needs and learning from one another, not really producing any waste because they're only producing what it is that they need and also being able to adapt things for people with you know, special um, needs or special circumstances. And I think, wow, what would happen if something like a fab lab was scaled up, you know, mm -hmm. or was replicated in many different places? I mean, what do you think? What are the, what are the possibilities? Is this a, a movement that could transform our cities more widely? Can we, can we imagine like cities where there is, you know, just, you know, sort of this rapid prototyping becomes the norm rather than the exception. And we begin to have a more self-sufficient cities where we're not bringing in our desks from China, but mm -hmm. we're just bringing them in from the fab lab located at the back of the little around the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I, I think in the future, uh, fab labs will be like uh, libraries. Okay. Uh, um, I've been in last week in, in Helsinki and the library has a fab lab and it's, uh, even more open than ours is open every day. It's wonderful because you see the mix you have here, people that you have here with special needs and everybody at the same time in the same place. And uh, it's like a real public service uh, as a library. And um, about the, the self-sufficient cities like uh, the Fab City movement, for example, like the uh, ancient the, the, the notion of the, the city-state. Uh, city uh, I think that's possible um, and I find that uh, very interesting. Uh, the idea uh, um, of produce locally, um, uh, it's m much more sustainable, of course, than bringing things from China. There will be always stuff that comes from China, or um, it's impossible to not live globally, but uh, uh, produce locally, uh, not just objects that we are used to, to do at uh, fab labs, but also we are going to open a bio lab, so you can also produce your stuff, your food. Um, so, so the idea is not just people come at the fab lab, but there will be some tools that you have at home. So there will be tools that you will have at home because it will be something completely normal uh, and some tools that are not. So you go to the library, you go to the fab lab, you go to somewhere uh, uh, to do it. But there will be also factories. I think the, uh, what will happen will be the, the new uh, industrialization of cities uh, because many cities are just service. Uh, uh, I, th I think that's not um, sustainable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so um, everything comes from uh, other parts. And if you can grow your stuff, if you can uh, uh, build your stuff, uh, uh, not your, but someone uh, can do it. If, if you go to some cities in development countries, for example, if you go to Istanbul, uh, they have everything there. They, they build everything if you want. They, they also have fab labs, but so they have uh, artisans and they have fab labs. Now we have almost uh, finished with artisans. There are not many, uh, but there are new ones, new generations. That, uh, and if cities uh, become again um, sustainable, I think they have to have the right mix of people and uh, expertise around doing things. Uh, so of course I see it in a 
perfect way to be. Okay, so you said 1,000 interesting things. I would like to ask you a lot of questions, but I'll pick one. You mentioned Finland. You also mentioned Istanbul, and you mentioned Fab Labs in these places. And I was wondering, what does differentiate Fab Lab Lisbon from the other ones? Oh, what differentiates? Actually, there should be so many differences because there are Fab Labs, of course. But uh, what differentiates the Fab Labs could be There are public fab labs, there are other institutions fab labs, and there are private or association uh, associative uh, fab labs. Uh, our is a public one, so we are public service. Uh, other fab labs, like an association, are not so open. They are just open to their community of for subscribers or whatever. Um, but in the end, they do the same. Here in Lisbon, there are five fab labs. There are fab labs uh, in, in universities. Uh, we, are, we are from the city council, uh, one is from the biggest energy company in Portugal, EDP. It was the first one in Portugal, actually. So um, there is one that is an association around electronics, it's our friend, it's nearby. So those are the follow-ups we have here. To have open doors, we were the first. Mm -hmm. And we are, of, of course, the biggest one, too. Yeah, when you say private fab labs, don't they lose a little bit of their... Yeah. Spirit? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, I think so. <laughs> um, um, actually, EDP, uh, Fab Lab, um, in the beginning um, was open, and now it's just open for special projects, um, so they don't have open doors. Uh, that sometimes happens with Fab Labs, um, especially for private ones. How, how do Fab Labs, as like Fab Labs like yours, with this sort of you know open door sort of um, spirit, how do they relate to other um, movements that want to sort of reuse, repair, um, you know, build new things? What's the what's the sort of overlap between those movements and okay, yours? Okay, okay, that's nice. Um, Actually, we, we host the, the first Repair Café uh, here in Portugal. We started it like three and a half years ago. Um, we have a community of people that repair. Uh, they, it's growing always. Now we have people repairing uh, bicycles, uh, repairing like furniture, electronics, uh, or home appliances. And the idea is um, to not throw away stuff and uh, anything that you can repair we will repair and we want to to share that one of the arts of repair reuse uh, recycle we are, we are centered in, in the repair but we are also uh, aiming on the reuse so some stuff that we don't use we can give it another use so if, for example a toy if it doesn't work in the same way you can change it in the repair cafe to do another thing mm -hmm. so and you also Uh, there is uh, something that relates completely with the Fab Labs, is sharing uh, knowledge. So in a repair cafe, we teach people how to repair. We don't just repair, we teach people how to repair. So it's the same idea as the Fab Lab. We teach people how to use our machines. Then as my, as my last question, and this is an important one, what's the best thing you ever made in the Fab Lab? <laughs> well, actually, uh, the best thing I have... I think it's the, the, the community, okay? Uh. Yeah, yeah, I think it's creating a community, uh, for sure. Uh, and relate people, doing projects together. It's uh, what I like most, it's really mixing people. Obrigada, thank you so much for having us. Oh, I thank you, uh, both of you. It was really nice to have you here at the Fabla. Please what? <laughs> Thank you.
Alrighty, so we left the Fab Lab, we've been on a bit of a walk, we've had some low quality vegan food and now we're sitting in a square digesting and thinking about like what it was like to be at the Fab Lab. So for you Lucia, who knew nothing about Fab Labs uh, as of uh, 9.30 this morning, uh, what is it that you found interesting or surprising about uh, yeah, Fab Lab Lisbon? First, can I actually say that the vegan food was good? <laughs> if, you, if you must. <laughs> Alright, I really liked it because I chose the place where to eat. I was definitely expecting Fab Lab to be a place with all these high-tech machines and to be open to everyone, for them to use them. And uh, also Raphael repeated several times how much they are built upon this structure of support and help where all this stuff is willing to yeah, be helpful to other people and welcome everyone. But I wasn't expecting them to have such a big focus on the whole inclusivity question. It was really nice to see that they have several activities where they support people from disadvantaged groups, people with disabilities or migrants or yeah, children as well. So that was really interesting for me and uh, I was really surprised. As uh, you said, I knew nothing about Fab Lab and I'm going back home knowing a lot about them and I actually think that we'll look for them in Freiburg, in my city, and uh, see what they do and maybe even get active with them. Yeah, you know what, I was, I'm always a little bit wary about going into places because I'm actually sometimes a little bit shy about going into places where I don't know how to do stuff. And, uh, and you know, there's like that tech maybe like a tech barrier that somehow scares people off. Like even though I think, you know, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with technology still, the idea of sitting down and suddenly with people watching having to be able to use a computer um, to make, you know, to use a free, 3D printer or a laser cut or whatever would probably scare me off. But then I realized actually after being there, it wasn't, it was a really was actually quite a welcoming place. And that's the whole point that he was saying, yeah, you go there and you say, listen, I really don't know how to work anything and then they'll help you. So I guess that's also, uh, I guess that's also interesting in terms of the fact, okay, the technology is a thing, of course, uh, but actually the, it's the technology plus the mission together. And that goes to the openness, the open sourceness of it and like trying to bring people in as well I call people in and say come on let, let's try to do stuff together I think that was that's that's really nice I think there probably is one in Budapest I don't know but I'm gonna try and, and check it out um, so let's make let's have a challenge let's see who can be the first person to enter a fab lab and make something yeah I agree although I'm sure I will have to ask for help because those machines looked so complicated to me no but the machines weren't complicated because you didn't actually touch the machine what you do is you just play on the computer and then you and you just the computer actually operates the machines so um so you just need the really good idea but yeah challenge accepted anyway so if you're listening at home and you do know something more about fab labs than lucia or you are interested in fab labs or you go to a fab lab or you want to go to a fab lab or you want to tell us that after listening to this podcast that you've been inspired to you know take your first steps inside a fab lab and, and, and build something yourself then tell us about it or tell us about this podcast in general and you can do so in the following ways yeah, you can find more information on our website www.urban-arena.eu or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at arena underscore urban. Yeah, or you could also drop us an email at urbana at ceu.edu. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. This podcast is part of the three-year project Urbana, Urban Arenas for Sustainable and Just Cities. It was funded by the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme.